At a time when investors are confronted with market volatility and a variety of challenges fueled by the uncertainty of inflation, unsettled geopolitical tensions, and economic pressures, Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to take your finance and investment questions and share their unbiased answers. This is Invest Talk, independent thinking, shared success. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Financial President, Financial Advisor, Steve Peasley. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. I appreciate you being with me here on this Friday, September 16th, 2022. I'm Steve Peasley. And of course, I look forward to doing this podcast, Invest Talk podcast, every time I get a chance to do it. And I really enjoyed listening to you, uh, answering your questions. Any financial or investment questions are welcome, and that's what I like doing. The phone number never changes, has never changed in 23 years or so. And it's open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. You can call and ask any of your live questions right now. And we're always live, 4 to 5, Monday through Friday, 4 to 5 Pacific time. Uh, and I got a lot of material to go through today, as usual. Friday is usually a pretty busy day. Uh, and we're already halfway through September, and that, that means we're almost into the quarter, third quarter. Fourth quarter is coming up, and so is fall. We're not that far from fall. I love fall. Uh, anyways, it is only a couple of – time does move fast, and there's only a couple of weeks left in this quarter. So we need to think about what's going to happen in the market in the fourth quarter. Remember, the two middle quarters of the year are usually the two worst quarters of the year. And the last quarter and the first quarter of the year are the two best quarters of the year. Now, of course, we are in a bear market, right? We all kind of assume that we're in a bear market. Does that change that? No, that just means... You know, we probably have gone through the worst part of the bear market, but it's not done. And, of course, it could not be worse. It could get a lot worse. It could. I'm just not sure it's going to. I don't think there's any big rush to put your cash to work at this point because it is very, very possible. Remember, the Fed's going to raise rates next week. I think it's next week they meet. And it's going to be three-quarters of a percent or more. So, you know. A raising rate environment makes for a very difficult investment environment to be in. I mean, it's difficult, very difficult. I I can give you some stats. I have some stats on what all the major um, sectors have done so far this year, 2022. You know what the worst sector was? You know what the best sector was? There's only two sectors that rose so far this year, only two. You know what that is? Well, we'll share that. I'll share that later on. My focus point today concerns a story behind with more Fed increases likely, how could these higher interest rates affect your wallet? And they do. They definitely affect your wallet. Who do you think is paying for it? You know, not only do we pay for it by higher interest rates, we also pay for it by an economy that's going to be slumping 
more. I think it's going to do that. So that's what we're looking forward to. Not a lot of exciting up news, really, but that's okay. I also want to talk about the FedEx. You know, FedEx had some really, had a really bad day today. UPS didn't have a very good day either, but FedEx was the dumped, just dumped. I want to talk about that and get into it a little bit. Uh, Stanley Drunken Drunken Miller, Drunken Miller. I don't. I know. I don't know how to spell it. Uh, Stanley Druckenmiller, I know the guy. He writes a lot. He has, he has, he's a very smart fella. I usually read most of the stuff he puts out. Uh, he thinks, what do you think he thinks the next 10 years are going to be like for, for the stock market? This is something I think I need to share with you. His opinion about that. And Russia economy won't recover to pre-invasion level, that means before they invaded uh, Ukraine, for a decade. For a decade. (laughs) What a stupid move on their part. I mean, from an economic point of view, from a humanitarian point of view, what a stupid move on their part. Anyways, we'll talk about that a little bit, and I want to talk about the sectors as well. That's what we're going to discuss, but of course, you come first. Your calls come first. We do have some voice bank questions ready to go, one on Stanley Black and & Decker and the other one on Advanced Auto Parts, but we'll get to those two. And of course, today's Friday, and that's Friday. You know I talk about the KPP Premium Newsletter, and that will go out tomorrow in the email box for everybody. So we'll do that too, If we, I'm sure, about the halfway point. So, though, we're busy. It's a busy day, but I want your live calls. The number is 888-99-CHART. The market fell again. The Dow was down 139. The Nasdaq down 104. And the S&P down 28. It was a lot worse than that during the day. That's actually came back pretty good from where it was. So, you know, interesting day. Especially for Friday. You would think, you know, Friday with... You know, not a lot of happy thoughts with the Fed raising rates. It would not recover anything today, but it did, surprisingly. So we'll see. That's how the market did. We'll see. Let's get right to our first question from 888-99-CHART. Hi, Dave from uh, Ohio. Yeah, I really appreciate the, the podcast. I listen every evening. I'm looking at a stock, Stanley Black & Decker, symbol is SWK. It's at almost at the 52-week range. Pays a decent dividend. I know it's a typical stock. Your thoughts and what would be a good entry point? Thanks, and I'll be listening. Okay. Uh, when you say 52-week, you probably meant 52-week low, I'm assuming, because it has fallen sharply from 200, 200 points a share down to $85 a share. Uh, it's out of New Britain, Connecticut. It's SWK, Stanley Black & Decker, manufactures hand and hand tools and for the professional, industrial, and consumer markets. It's a $13 billion company, so it's fairly good size. Uh, this year it's going to make $5.54. That's about half of what it made last year, by the way. Half. Next year it's going to bounce up a little bit to $6.81. Those are the estimates. The dividend is 37 Percent five-year PE range is eight to twenty-four, and right now sits at ten. Okay, but remember, it's going to make five dollars and fifty-four cents. So next year, by the end of this year, that PE is going to be higher than that. Right? 
because that's fifty-five dollars and it's an eighty-five dollar stock. So I, 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 that, I, I think it's not cheap enough. That's what I think. Even though it's fallen from two hundred all the way down to eighty-five, I still don't think it's cheap enough. Now sales are doing pretty good. Sales are decent. So that's good. I mean, that is very low. That's good. Cash flow is very high at $14.36 a share. Very good. And return equity is pretty good at 15%. Management owns 1%. Mutual funds are sellers in the last year. Went from 1900 to 1700 See? And, of course, those people are driving the stock down. I think, I think it can go lower. That's what I think. I, think you don't, I don't think you'd be a buyer at this point. I do not. Okay, appreciate the call. That was SWK. We are headed into a break. Justin and I are happy to play your recorded voice bank questions, but we love taking live calls. But please call us. Our number is never, it has never changed, and it never will. So, 888-99-CHART. Why do listener questions make InvestTalk better? Which of these would you recommend? Because each caller presents fresh questions in their voice. I was curious if you still think aluminum has a ways to go from here. When do I know the right time to take profits? Should I be looking for an exit? Should I be holding here? And listeners instinctively realize that InvestTalk uniquely offers a welcome dose of investing satisfaction. I think you have a terrific show, and I've learned a whole lot. Hey guys, love your show. Uh, I've been listening for several years now, and I've learned a lot. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley understand what investors need and want. I would look at it from a tax perspective. If there's no tax implications, move on, find better ways to use that money. I'm going with the odds. I think a half position now would at least get you in it and get you watching it so you won't lose track of it. Don't forget to call Investor 888-99-CHART. Now, each time I host the Invest Talk podcast, I have the satisfaction of taking caller questions and then breaking down the often complex dynamics involved. I make them into easier to understand elements. Each question is tackled live without pre-screening, and some topics are more challenging than others. And that's a good thing because it allows every Invest Talk caller to shape the content of the podcast. If you've never called, don't hold back. You can leave your Invest Talk questions on the 24-7 Anytime Listener Line at 888-99-CHART. Okay, as you know, if you've been a listener for any length of time, on Fridays I usually run down, a quick one down at least, on the key benchmark numbers such as the two-year treasury yield is 3.86%. Now, two-year is 3.86. The 10-year is at 345 so that's an inverted yield curve. When the longer uh, longer a bond is trading at a lesser yield than the short bonds, that's inversion. What happens when you have an inverted yield curve? You get a recession. Okay, so and that's of course where where we are. Now, last week the uh, the the uh, two year was at three point five six. Now it's three point eight six. And the 10-year last week is 3.3, now it's at 3.45. So they're not improving. That, that inversion is not improving, not closing, not heading back in the right direction. Gold was priced at $1,672 an ounce. Last week was 1750 15 
to three weeks ago, 1736. Gold has not worked. And what's really you know, disappointing to us and frustrating is inflation is super high, right? Gold should work in a very in a high inflation environment. It's supposed to work. But the dollar, the dollar got stronger, has gotten stronger all year. Very strong. That does not push gold prices up, pushes it down. And the stronger dollar is defeating the high inflation as far as gold is concerned. You know, gold is not moving up. It hasn't collapsed, but it's softened. I mean, it's kind of an interesting dynamic that's going on there. Uh, oil, $85 a barrel. $85 a barrel. Last week is 86 I'm leaving off the pennies. Three weeks ago, three weeks ago is 92 Six weeks ago is 89 Seven weeks ago, 99 Remember, it's 85 now. Okay, it was 97 nine weeks ago. Ten weeks ago, it was $104 a barrel. 104 And if you go all the way back, 24 weeks back, $113. So it's come off 113 to 85 Okay, so remember, it was in the mid-60s for a number of, couple, three, four, five years. And now it's 85 so it has risen. The national average for a price a gallon of gasoline, $3.69. I wish I could say that for California, where it's $5.44. That's, that's just an average. It, more than that, many places in California. Okay? So the, just for comparison, Oklahoma is $3.35 per gallon. Pretty frustrating. Those are some of the numbers. Let's go to Craig in San Francisco. Craig, how you doing? Great. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Appreciate the call. Nice listening to you guys. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, I had a question. Um, I'm very close to retirement, and I mm-hmm. have a, uh option for a lump sum distribution or a quite a few other Annuity options. And okay. I was wondering if today's today's investment environment. If you, how do you feel about that? I'm I'm tempted to go with the lump sum because of traditional increases in markets and stuff like that over the years. But uh, do you think there's a, any big change happening, or just temporary, or what? Well, I do think uh, you know. I, I was going to. I'm going to talk about uh, Stanley Drunken Miller to this today, and his prediction uh-huh. is the next. Next ten years, the stock market is going to be fairly flat. Now he doesn't that, just because that's his position. Even though he's a very smart guy, doesn't mean it's going to happen. But uh, you know, I, I would take that in consideration. And what you do is you look at the lump sum, factor in a conservative return, maybe five percent, okay, six percent instead of the normal market nine percent, and then. Take a look at the annuity. What are they offering in their return? How much are they paying over that same period, 10-year period, or whatever period you want to take? And uh, see which one pays more. Usually, the market pays more, but you got to take market risk to get it. So, But interest rates, bond rates are going to be high for the next 10 years, so that, that's a conservative place to be. We're headed into a break. It is Friday, almost, ready, almost the end of the week. Give me a call, 888-99-CHART.
Invest Talk is here to help. And when you download the free Invest Talk podcasts, don't forget to rate and review. The phone lines are open 888-99-CHART. Love to talk to you. Give me a call. Ask any financial questions you want. My focus point today is a conservative story with more Fed increases likely. Well, I mean, it's almost certain, right? It's almost certain. How could these higher interest rates affect your wallet? And it's pretty simple to look at. All you do is look at a mortgage rate. If you're looking in the, if you're looking to buy a house, boy, if you didn't refinance when interest rates were three and four percent, you're way too late. It's not going back there for a decades, in my personal opinion. We would have been there, done that. I don't think it's going back there for a very long time. Okay. Um, so you're too late. So it's mortgage rates, obviously, is one one thing that's going to affect us, especially if you have an adjustable rate. Hopefully, you didn't. You locked in a fixed rate, fixed mortgage. Uh, but, you know, that's one thing. Uh, credit cards, debt on credit card, debt is going to go up. Any debt you're going to incur is going to cost more. It's simple as that. Any debt that you put on, so don't be in debt. That's that's key. You know, if you want to be rich, you can't be rich by being in debt. You got to change your outlook. You got to change your thinking. Okay, instead of being an interest payer, you want to be an interest earner, not a payer, an earner. You want to earn interest on your money, not pay interest to somebody else who's earning interest on their money. Okay, why do you think banks are so rich? They charge interest for the money they lend you. They're rich. They have kind of obvious. Okay, so those those are the areas that are going to be. The Federal Reserve is going to raise the rates another three quarters of a percent at least. Their speculation might be higher. I doubt seriously it'll be lower from the numbers we got this week on inflation, which are very high still. Um, so I doubt it's going to be lower. And the Fed may probably won't stop there. I don't see them stopping. Not yet. Now, my worry is the Fed, in their effort to control inflation, will definitely push us deeper in recession. They, it, that's, that's, our, that's what they're doing it for, to slow the economy. That's what they say. We want to slow the economy. What does that mean? That means stop it from growing. That means we want some more unemployment. We want some, uh, yeah, we want pain in the economy. Pain for workers paying for corporations, and they're going to get it. You know, the old saying, don't fight the Fed. It's not a smart thing to fight the Fed. Don't fight it. You have to adjust to it. It's not that hard to adjust to it. We're all adjusting to it. You have to. There's no, we don't have a choice. Let's go ahead and grab another caller question from the Talk Voice Bank, 888-99-CHART. Hey, uh, I'm interested to invest in this ETF F. IW, but the expense ratio is too high. So I'm thinking to buy some of the top underlying stocks. Can I have your opinion on that? Thank you so much. Bye. Okay, this is a FIW First Trust Water ETF, exchange traded fund seeking performance, corresponding to the Clean Edge Water Index. And of course, being an index means it's full of stocks that are focused on this industry. 
So I would prefer you to pick stocks out, not buy the ETF in this industry. Um, and you're probably going to have to overpay if you want to get into them because everybody wants to get, you know, that's clean water is, is I think, going to be extremely important in the future. It's important now, but I think it's going to continue to be important. This stock hasn't really sold off very much, really. I mean, it was in, what, uh, $95, $96 at its high back in December. Today, it's a 76.81. So that's not terrible. It got as low as, what was that low there? Uh, 85, 90, uh, so... You know, um, I think that it looks like it might have hit its bottom. But I think, again, I'm telling people to be patient. I think you still need to be patient. There's no rush to get into the market. But I would look for individual stocks in this sector, not the ETF. But I think the ETF, I agree with you. I think it's a little too expensive. Okay. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. And remember, that ETF symbol is FIW water we're moving into a break it's friday so i'll share highlights from the new newest kpp premium newsletter that'll be in just a few minutes by the way my investor phone lines are open 888-99-CHART okay so give me a call uh do you know what two industries this uh, this year are up only two utilities 3.4 percent and energy Energy up is energy is up forty one percent. All the other industries are down for the year. Down for the year. So, what was the worst industries? You want to know what that one is? Worst industry. Worst is communications down thirty four percent. Okay, and then Infotech twenty six. Consumer discretionary, 23. Uh, so, and uh, re- real estate, 23. So, those those were the, kind of the worst industries. Consumer staples, not too bad, down 8%. Uh, consumer, uh, uh, let's see, consumer discretionary. Well, that's high, 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 high. I'm looking for the lowest ones. I just gave it to you. <laughs> Eight. Financials, down 15 not too good. Not great. Okay, we're moving to break. It is Friday, everybody. 888-99-CHART. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, Whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. 
Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the Internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, Stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. Invest Talk is always made better when our listeners contribute their questions. So tell your friends and family members they can interact in real time with Steve Peasley and Justin Klein during the Invest Talk live stream program between 4 and 5 p.m. Pacific time. Or they can leave their questions anytime 24-7 in the Invest Talk voice bank. Remember, for live or recorded questions, the number never changes. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. I'm Steve Peasley. would love to hear from you. The KPP Premium Newsletter was uh, finished today, and it will be distributed to subscribers. So I have a little preview for you. In the market conditions section, I explain. The big news this week was the August reading of the Consumer Price Index, CPI, which tracks a broad swath of goods and services. The CPI increased one-tenth of one percent for the month, and 8.3% over the past year. So it increased 8.3% over the last year. Inflation. And excluding volatile food and energy costs, CPI rose six-tenths of percent from July and 6.3% from the same month a year ago, 2021. The cost has expecting the headline inflation to fall one-tenth of one percent, not go up. And the quarter be up three-tenths of percent, not six. So it was kind of a not very good day, and the market responded accordingly. Okay, The market expected and had trades in to have inflation ease, and it went. It did not. It did not. Now, the very next day, you had the PPI, which is the gauge of prices uh, received at the wholesale level, producer price index, wholesale level, not the retail. It did decline one-tenth of one percent. So this was in line with expectations and probably tell us that inflation is going to ease a bit, okay? 
because the wholesalers got you know have cheaper prices and they'll pass that along to the retailers, the manufacturers and such, and to us eventually. So hopefully we'll start to see some easing of inflation here. So that was in the new newsletter. The um, the Treasury yield surged. The two-year note was 4%. I gave you those numbers earlier. So it, this inflation news, which was not a happy place, made um, uh, yields go up. Now, of course, everybody's anticipating what the Federal Reserve is going to do next week, and it will... They will increase them. Retail sales numbers were better than expected in August as price increases across a multitude of sectors offset a considerable drop in gas prices, gasoline prices. The Census Bureau reported Thursday about that. This is where they they reported on. Everyone will be anticipating next Wednesday when the Fed will decide on how much to raise the Fed funds rate. Okay, and of course I said the expectation expectation is point is for seventy five basis points or point seven five percent interest rate percent. Okay, seventy five basis points equals point seven five percent. Okay, a hundred basis points is one percent because you're going to hear a lot of basis points what they talk about. That's what you hear and read, but you can easily translate that into a percent. Okay. Now, since the market's already priced in that move, it will be more focused on the tone of what the Fed Chairman Powell will say. What is going to his statements? Is he going to come out and say, we are going to keep increasing as fast as we've been increasing because we're going to kill the inflation? I mean, if he says he's very hawkish, that would be very hawkish. The market's not going to like that. They're hoping for a little little, I don't know, backing away from being so hawkish. I don't think, I don't know if the Fed's going to do that. I really, I don't think they will. I think they're still going to be pretty hawkish. So, in the stock ideas section, we usually give you two ideas. The money market mutual fund with an investment strategy that seeks to provide current income while maintaining liquidity and a stable share price of a dollar. That's what money markets do. The fund invests primarily in high-quality, short-term money market instruments. So you know your money market, you know, you think it's, it's, it, it is a money market fund. It's a mutual fund, everybody. Money market fund. But it maintains a $1 share price. Will it always maintain a $1? Has it always? No. There's been one time in history where it didn't. That was 2008. One of the big money market funds didn't. Went a couple pennies under a dollar. Anyways, uh, so that's one of the ideas. The fund, uh, let's see. Uh, what else? I also mentioned a holding company which engages in the provision of communi- in the provision of communications. Remember, I said the communications has performed very poorly this year. But so I'm here. We have one listed as a possible candidate for your portfolio. It's a big one. Has entertainment products, uh, has, you know, provides services to consumers, businesses, and government. It is primarily a wireless business. We like this stock as a defensive play in a fast-paced economic environment controlled by rising inflation and increased interest rates. It pays a hefty 6.1% dividend. That's the yield. 
and it has very consistent earnings. Not a lot of growth. So we name names in the newsletter, of course. You know, so we'll tell you exactly who they are. And these are for your watch list. These are not recommendations to go out and buy it. These are uh, positions that you need to consider for your portfolio. I've given you a little sample teaser of the news, KBP News Premium Newsletter. You should subscribe to it with the, for the full edition via email. Each Saturday, it will come in your box. And they also get the portfolio and consumer watch sections. I just mentioned the two. So there's four sections all together. Learn more and subscribe anytime you want on investtalk.com. Okay, let's pivot back to the InvestTalk Voice Bank for a call that came in earlier from New York. Hi, Stephen, Justin. This is James from Brooklyn, New York. I had a question about Adobe. They seem to be getting hit pretty hard on Friday after the acquisition of Figma. The market doesn't seem to like that. It's in the low 290s right now, and I was wondering what you thought about the company, and is this a good entry? Thank you for all you do. Have a great day. Uh, it's a, it is a good company. Uh, it's Adobe, A-D-B-E, provides design, imaging, and publishing software for Print, web, mobile, and dynamic media production. They're going to make $13.57 this year, this per share this year, and the estimate is for $15.90 per share next year. It's a $299 stock, so it's not cheap. But for it, it's at it's at its low of the five-year range. Maybe we should talk a little bit about the five-year range, PE range, because I usually talk about that. Just because it's at its low of the five-year PE range doesn't mean it's going to stop there. Frankly, I think you need to buy stocks below their five-year range at this point in history because that range in the last five years has been pretty high for tech companies. So I'm thinking all these tech companies are being re-examined as far as you know growth prospects and valuation, and I think you're going to see a lot of them reaching new five-year P.E. range lows. So don't get hung up on it's at its five-year P.E. low as a possible thing to buy because it's cheap, because they're still not cheap. It's not cheap. Now, Adobe has a great return on equity of 43%. Very good cash flow, hardly any debt. I mean, it's a good, solid company. Still growing 13% last quarter, 14% the quarter before that. But remember, you're, you're fighting the Fed. The Fed is raising interest rates. It wants to slow down the economy. And I think they will succeed. So don't be in a rush. Just don't be in a rush to buy into growth stocks. I, I'd stay away from them for the time being. But I think, they, I think they've got to, the whole sector is going to be reevaluated and not, not be rewarded like they were before. I could be wrong, but I don't think so. I really think uh, growth stocks are, are going to be, I don't know, uh, more in line with market norms over the long term. And they haven't been for years. They have been overpriced for years and continue to be overpriced for years. But now I think we're looking at a whole different dynamic. So just be careful. Okay, FedEx, uh, Federal, uh, the FedEx came out with their earnings and projections, and they were very disappointed, and the stock got crushed, right? And they were talking about the, you know, in Europe, the Ukraine-Russia war is affecting them. But I think more, more important, it's competition affecting them. And I think it's coming from Amazon. 
She read some, I read some articles today surrounding this whole topic. Amazon is, has had some, has some surplus um, uh, shipping space that they could utilize and start shipping other goods for other people besides themselves. And I think that is a plan that they're going to implement. I think it's already hurting FedEx and UPS. So I think it's competition. I think it's, I think you have to look at it FedEx in a different way because competition is coming in hot and heavy and we have an economy, world economy, that's slowing. So uh, don't, as I just would like to go stocks, let it fall. You don't have to be part, participate in that fall. You don't. Okay? Also, Stanley Druckenmiller warns of a high probability, this is what he says, of a flat market for a decade. He says it's going to be like the 1966 to 1982 period. The market didn't just fluctuate in a flat market. Flat doesn't mean it just goes nowhere. There's volatility, and you can take advantage of the volatility. But as far as breaking up to new highs, he's not so convinced of that. Why? Why? He quoted inflation as a big problem, central banks raising rates as a big problem, and deglobalization a big problem, and the Ukraine-Russia war, which is probably just going to drag on for years. These are the things he said that is going to hold back the market for years. In other words, it's just not going to be a very dynamic market on uh, in one direction. So be aware. Be aware. We're almost at summer, at the end of summer, I should say. And fall is coming up pretty fast. We had a nice cooling off period. Halloween, Thanksgiving, ho- I love holidays. Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. So I wonder what yours is. I love Thanksgiving because of sports and food. Four days in a row that you get off work. Of course, I don't worry about that anymore. But I used to, when I used to be a nine-to-fiver, I'd never been a nine-to-fiver, but, you know, a working person for somebody else. I haven't, I haven't had that. That was 40 years ago. Anyways, but I still love the Thanksgiving holiday. Um, we're not yet in the holidays, and volatility means we still have it, and it means that you need to pay attention as usual. And, you know, we've had a lot more volatility than normal than we have in years, in the last couple of years. Before that, the decade before that, there wasn't much volatility. Just, you know, it wasn't as dynamic. So you need to learn how to deal with this. Many young investors have never dealt with this. And so maybe we can help you here at KPP Financial. Justin and I really do want to help people. And we can. We think we can. Take a look at your portfolio. We'll take a look at how risky it is and talk to you and see how much risk you want to take. Try to compare those two things. That's what we do. It's free. Doesn't cost anything. And we're a little bit different at KPP Financial. Now, you know, of course, I would say that, but it is true. <laughs> you know, uh, we, we practice what we call parallel investing. Many investors, many money managers don't do that. The big houses don't do that. In other words, we invest in the same thing we for ourselves, we do for our clients at the same time, same price, same everything. So we're on the same side of the table with our own personal assets as our clients. So that's not common. There are people that do it, but not common. 
be happy to do that. We want to do that because we want to be on the same side of the table. Now, so I think that makes us a little bit different. And if you speak to us with, you know, just a few minutes, I think you'll find out we're very helpful and we're different. That's okay. If you, and we, we don't need to manage your money. We want to. That, that's what our goal is. But if you just want some advice, we'll give that too. We can help you and we want to help you. So let us give us the opportunity to do that. Let's keep moving and squeeze in another caller question uh, from a new from a listener. Hello, Stephen just I have a question about advanced auto parts AAP. Do you guys think it's a good buy here at this price? I uh, just wanted to start a position here around one hundred seventy, maybe even a little bit lower. Because I thought like maybe it's a good value for the coming years to come. I'm going to listen to it on the podcast for sure. Thank you. Bye-bye. But it wasn't a very good uh, recording, was it? Advanced Auto Parts, AAP, operates 4,700 retail parts stores in 49 states, Puerto Rico, Canada, and the U.S. Virgin Islands. Main competitor is AutoZone and O'Reilly uh, O'Reilly Auto, two main competitors of theirs. Um, they're increasing their earnings to $13 a share this year from $12.02 last year. Next year, $14.47. They pay a 3.6% dividend. A very well-run company. Not much debt. Growing slowly. And it's near its five-year range low. Um, but I think you need to wait. I think it's a good company to own. But I think you might get a little bit more weakness we're all said and done. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. We have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom. That's it. That's our goal for everybody and ourselves as well. And our work will continue after this break. Questions are always welcome. 888 99 Chart. You are listening to Invest Talk, and the market has been interesting. So you'll have important finance and investment questions, and Steve and Justin welcome your calls now. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Kevin from La Crescenta, California. I had a question regarding wash sales. I'm wondering if I sell a position, a stock that I hold at a loss to have tax harvested at the end of this year. Is buying an, a longer-term option, does that trigger a, a wash sale in some way? So say I sold a stock at a loss and I buy a leap on that same stock that I don't plan to sell for more than a month, I guess. Would that trigger a wash sale? The other thing that I'm wondering is if I sold this stock at a loss, can I sell a put option that's more than a month out, and if that gets in the money and I end up buying the stock back over a month from when I sold, would that trigger a wash sale? Look forward to hearing your answer. I appreciate it. Thank you. I don't believe, I don't, and I say believe because, you know, I don't like to talk about taxes because I'm not a tax expert, but either one would not trigger a, a, a wash sale. And for everybody else, the rule is if you own a stock and you have a loss in it, and you sell it today and take the loss, realize the loss, 
If you buy that stock within 30 days, it washes out that sell so you don't have the loss. Well, if you're doing options and they're more than 30 days out, no matter which direction you're talking about, then you're not really buying the stock. You're buying an option to buy the stock. Now, if you happen to buy the stock, then yeah, within 30 days, then yeah, you would, you would, you would wash, the well shale would apply. You couldn't take your loss. But you were talking about longer than 30 days out after you sold the stock. So you wouldn't trigger anything. Good question, though. Appreciate the call. I really do. Okay, um, I-bonds. You know, we talked about this before. We had some questions on it. I, inflation bonds, because inflation is high and people are interested in you know, conservative investments. Uh, I-bonds is a way you could help offset some of the inflation. And, but you're limited to only $10,000 of buy bonds. You're limited. But how can you buy more? Well, you can. There are ways to do it. One is if you get a tax refund, you can buy an additional $5,000 worth of I-bonds if you get a tax refund with that tax refund money. And the limit of 10000 is per person. So if you're married, you can buy 10000 each. Okay? And... If you have a trust, the trust can buy 10000 too. Or business, they can buy 10000 too. So you can get up to what? That's 40, 40, 45. Okay, so there are ways you can get more than just the 10000 But you just got to be careful. You got to understand how the rules and talk to your accountant. He'll help you with that. He should know. And finally, Russian, Russia's economy will not recover to pre-invasion, you know, invading Ukraine, levels for at least a decade. They're already a small economy. What, three and a half, four trillion dollars? That's not big. Germany's five. You know, we are 22, 23. Uh, uh, China's 14 or 15. Japan is five. A lot of European countries are near three to five. And remember, Russia is a huge landmass, and they're only three to five. One of the reasons, another one of the reasons is they're, um, they're having less and less children. And no one, no one immigrates to Russia. No one. And for good reason. Okay? Uh, so these things are going to offset... Uh, they have, they're going to have, over the next change, limited access to Western technology because of the sanctions, right? Uh, and the war, of course, is caused, it's going to linger on the way that it looks like it's just not going to stop. And so it's going to be a problem for Russia and their economy. They're going to they're remain a third world economy. You know, if you look at the per-person, uh, uh, per-person, I don't know, uh, per person earnings for Russian citizens, it's very low. It's not very good. And they, remember, they're, they, they, they have a huge energy uh, supply. But now, you know, sanctions are going to hurt them. It's going to continue to hurt them. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investor program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our free podcast. Your downloads are free. Get yours at iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And thanks to you telling your friends about us and Talk. 
We have surpassed 45 million, million downloads, and we do really appreciate that. Thank you. Be sure, be sure if you do download us, download us through iTunes to review and rate us. That helps with our exposure. We like that, and we appreciate that too. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Vest Talk. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Invest Talk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them. Specifically, nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell security. Because such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. Invest Talk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor firm which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein is chief executive officer of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial.